Welcome to the Oh So Crazy Podcast, brought to you by Ranked Soap Company. Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Oh So Crazy Podcast. Today we have our guests, Mike Anderson and his daughter, Megan. Mike Anderson, if you don't know, is a BJJ photographer and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt that trains up in 360 BJJ with Scott Houston. And Megan Anderson is his daughter. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right, so she was actually working this weekend at the Chicago Open, so if you were there, you probably heard her voice. She was announcing names and taking podium pictures. If you listened to our last episode, uh, that podcast was definitely rated R or X <laughs> because of Danya Seaver. But today we... <laughs> <laughs> was Alex with her? Yeah. Alex was with her. <laughs> but uh, now we got to tone it down. How old are you, Megan? I'm turning 12. You're turning 12, yeah. So we're not even at PG-13 this time. So this one's going to be kid-friendly unless Mike Anderson's going to start Open up the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you guys haven't seen Mike Anderson's photos before, do yourself a favor and follow him on social media because these pictures are amazing. And, uh, they really are. Yeah. <laughs> but we're actually going to open up with Megan today. I have Ooh. the most important question for Megan. <laughs> so, Megan, before we get into any of the photography uh, photography talk, what I want to ask you is, um, what's the most embarrassing thing your dad has ever done? <laughs> Hitting the hard question. <laughs> like what kind of embarrassing things? I don't oh, know. There's... I guess uh, w- what... What has he done that's embarrassing to you, and what has he done that's embarrassing um, that you laugh at him for? Farting. <laughs> <laughs> I blame that on the protein powder. <laughs> oh. Now, now you mean like while taking pictures or anywhere? Anywhere? <laughs> just all the oh, time. Man, give me a break. <laughs> We're talking about home life here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone farts. There's that. It's only natural. <laughs> my, it's like my father. Mm-hmm. He's old school. Yeah. And these are topics you just don't discuss. <laughs> Even the word fart to my father is considered almost like a swear word. Oh, really? Wow. You say pass gas. Oh, okay. I mean, he's very... You know. Do you, you flatulate? Flatulate, <laughs> yes. Uh, that's the medical term, right? So, Flatulence. I don't yes. know if flatulate is a word. I wonder. It is now. Uh, we yeah. have to look it up afterwards or else it's not really dumb. Flatulated. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that. We should. You know what? No, we're in the day and age where we're creating new words all the time. Right. Yeah. And an actual dictionary is actually adopting some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, And I semi- have a problem with that. I mean, mm. you need to stay true yeah. to the, I don't want to say English language, but all languages have their purity right. about them. And I think we're kind of like, I th- there are some unique new words yeah. that have come out. And I think I think it cuts to the chase as to what they mean. And I like that. But some are just getting a little too. There, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's like a progression and a regression with it. You know, like, uh, for example, um, you know, the word momentarily, you know, was supposed to mean like, for a moment, but everyone uses it as in a moment. Like, mom- we'll be like taking off momentarily. That would literally mean you take off and you'd like, <laughs> like the plane would just fall right back yeah. down, you know? Oh, and, uh, I didn't that, even realize 
realize that. So that's like uh, that, I think in that sense it's kind of a like regression because like you have uh, you're trying to get the language to evolve by uh, you know uh, the, yes. and like adapt. It has to evolve. Yeah, it has to evolve. But then when it evolves in a dumb way, I guess right, it's, we're getting it's lazy. Yeah, it's like we don't want to take the time to properly phrase sentences, and you know some some people put that on to a culture. You know, but I think some people just don't want to take the time to really be explain their sentences. Mm-hmm. And, but we're all in a hurry, so yeah. like, like that's why like contractions came about. Mm-hmm. Like, I right. cannot do this. Mm-hmm. No, just say can't. Yeah. So I appreciate those little shortcut words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, right? And some of them actually are are quite funny. These new words that are coming out. Yeah. Right? You know, well, and I have some I, examples. And, and I'm trying. And I'm trying to like, I'm pushing fifty years old now. Mm-hmm. You look very young. Well, thank you. And handsome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think my he's dead. he's very red right now. <laughs> I just got done. I my pre workouts kicking it. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that too. Out before this. Uh, hopefully, it's with the protein powder, or else we'll start hearing those farts, right? Good <laughs> lord, <laughs> No, I just look. I, I don't know about fifteen years ago, vocabulary became something you know, very important to me. It's probably. A, a, it's when I started my own company way long ago when I had to start getting up and do like some public speaking things. And I realized if anyone's going to take me seriously, I really need to, I need to articulate my words mm-hmm. or speak more intelligently because I'm, I'm spanning a huge mm-hmm. age range of audience. And that's why I really started to focus on my ability to talk in an eloquent kind of way. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you have to know how to blend in the different crowds. Mm-hmm. So, and I have a huge uh, amount of friends that are of all different cultures. So you have to know how to blend in a little bit, especially when my wife isn't around. I mm-hmm. get to, like, maybe drop the, you know what, <laughs> once in a while. I know Megan's here. And I do. It happens sometimes. Yeah. Especially at jiu-jitsu schools. So you, get, you get people training hard, and they're more relaxed in how they talk. But Yeah, for sure. But I do try really hard to speak mm-hmm. in, in an upstanding way. But mm-hmm. there are times where... You have to mix up a little bit. It just enhances the conversation, makes mm-hmm. it more colorful, you know? Yeah. That's, sometimes, like, maybe if, you know, you use too many, like, big vocabulary words and, like, the people, they're not even going to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be like, yeah, okay, okay. It's, it just cuts the conversation. And they think it elevates. You're trying to elevate yeah. yourself. Yeah. Like, it's yes, pretentious. Hello, Governor. You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. Just, just give me a ring. Hold my pinky up in the air and just be pretentious. Out of tea. Yeah, sometimes you just have to be relaxed. Yeah. yeah. But definitely having a good vocabulary you know, can come in handy. Oh, kind of like your new catchphrase, right? Yeah, what the poha? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and you have to know when to turn it off. Like, after I come home from right. Jiu-Jitsu, I'm back in my own home. I cannot be talking like that. Right. Because my, my wife will be like, hello? I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but she's been more relaxed about it lately uh-huh. because she knows it's just... I'm just being myself, mm-hmm. and that's what life is about, being you yeah. authentic all the time. Mm-hmm. So you yes. hear that? Mike Anderson, the authentic photographer. <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> we interrupt this program to give you a quick announcement. Whether you're coming back from the gym or taking a walk in the park, you will be followed by trillions upon trillions of viruses, bacteria, and fungi. And there is no escaping their wrath. 
Unless, of course, you buy Ranked Soap, now available in the kids' belt colors. Also, look out for the new Oh So Crazy Podcast mugs, coming soon. All right, so Mike, uh, have you always been a photographer, or did you? is it something you started sort of later in life, I guess? So what was your story with photography? Well, all the pros I've ever talked to, they say all the, almost all the best photographers today are ones that actually found it later in life. Because you can't appreciate photography, in my opinion, until you've been through some crap, mm. bad times, mm. losing somebody, or just life experience where you can actually understand a, a tender moment that's happening mm-hmm. or something that's very tragic. Um, because younger eyes... Just don't always see that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why it, it, tournaments and such like that, or just walking the streets of New York, you know, those types of street photographers, and, and they'll see a moment. They they kind of know what's happening. They can tell when a couple's breaking up or is about to propose mm-hmm. or talking about something very deep and dear to them. And they can spot that, and they'll get in their little corner and oh. creep up and get that wow. shot, you know, uh, just catching everyday life. And I've, it, this is actually something my father's always been really good at. And I think he passed that gene down to me, that uh, empathy gene, mm-hmm. you know. I think uh, I think the words sympathy is when you've been through it yourself mm-hmm. and then you can relate to someone. But I think empathy is you haven't been through it yourself, but you're doing your best to put yourself in the shoes of that shoes, person at yeah. the moment. And you can actually feel what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And at Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, mm-hmm. it's huge. That is huge, when someone experiences like a terrible loss and they go off the mat and they're sitting next to you mm-hmm. and they're just, they're just looking down and you want to talk to them so badly, mm-hmm. but that's just not the time to say anything. Mm-hmm. But right. you can look at them and go, I understand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, sorry for your loss. But I said, but I always tell them this. I said, you know, you're better because of this moment. Yeah. I said, you're never going to forget this moment and why you lost and now you're going to go home and you're going to work on that. Mm-hmm. And then this is not going to happen next time. Mm-hmm. And they look at me and they're like, yeah, you're right. This is not yeah. a bad moment. I think that's great advice. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and now that I'm competing now mm-hmm. and see, not all five photographers compete. Yeah. yeah. And I think a true photographer, don't yell at me, everybody for this, <laughs> has to compete. They have Mike to know. Mike blew away the competition. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know who's competing now is Mike Columbus. Yeah. Okay. That guy. He's yeah. He's, he just uh, he's got working his out. body yeah. all, you know. Yeah. And, and Mike, if you're listening, <laughs> you are my hero. You know, he's a single father with this adorable mm-hmm. son named Nikki, and who somehow makes time for his boy, mm-hmm. yet has the ability to shoot fight to win. Mm-hmm. And IBJJF year round, and not fall apart, and I don't know how he does it. Yeah, he is my hero. He's Mike, pretty crazy. <laughs> you hear me now? So That's awesome. He's my inspiration. You know, is he okay? Yeah, and, and uh, speaking of people who got me into this, mm-hmm. um, she may not even know, but Erin Hurley. Oh, okay. She used to shoot for Gracie Meg. Okay. When she was uh, with Jannie at the time. Uh huh. And. Um, I texted her many years ago and, and asked her what equipment she was using and everything. And she actually wrote me right back and said, I'm using the Canon 6D with the 24-105 lens. Mm-hmm. And, and, I'm, and I'm like, wow, thank you so much for 
and she she was giving me some advice on how to shoot and where and when and so actually Aaron is oh, the one who she got really started. got me going wow. okay. yeah so and like I say it, me and Aaron don't talk a whole lot um, but she's the kind of person who will take the time out of the day and, and help help you yeah she seems like I follow her on social media and she just seems pretty you know like friendly and like like yeah. she she would answer you back like no matter what the question is you know and this is another person who say a tragic moment of her life um her father uh-huh. you know she created the submit to stigma campaign mm-hmm. you know and so she's pushing that uh, through jujitsu and doing some great stuff yeah now, now what's that all about I, i'm not familiar with her at all um, I, I... Her, her father committed suicide Oh, okay. It affected her deeply, obviously. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It only makes sense. And so she created this campaign to raise awareness for uh, suicide okay. and prevention. So, that's, so whenever you see those patches, submit the stigma. Oh, that's... That's a, her campaign. Okay, okay. For father. Gotcha. Yeah, so people wear the patches on uniforms, and I really should get one, too. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. should have one. So Aaron, in a... In a roundabout way, mm-hmm. really helped me, and I don't. I'm not entirely sure she knows the impact she's right. having on me. Yeah, that's crazy because she probably just like took five minutes, like, oh, I'm I'm using this, this, and this, and then she just forgot about it, or yeah. you know, didn't think that it's gonna change your life. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, how the one little person mm-hmm. along the way can make such a radical impact right. on your life. Yeah, yes. that's so, that's crazy. Thank yeah. you, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta follow her because I. I haven't heard of her until now. This well, now, well, now she's kind of dropped the camera. She's mm-hmm. competing full time and doing seminars. Her jujitsu has taken off. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've been watching her jujitsu as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen her actually. She was always good, but now she's really good. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I see her at, at World or Pan, mm-hmm. I I try to run over there, try to capture her matches. Now, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's oh, nothing okay. cooler than once being a photographer and now. The one being photoed. Right. That's why with uh, Masters coming up, mm-hmm. I'm going to be shooting Mike Columbus's matches. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell him. Oh, I'm just okay. going to sneak up. I want to get well, there. Well, you kind of did. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit this out. He may not get it until afterwards. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. If he if he listens to the podcast, he's going to know. If not, um, surprise. Surprise, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, as far as um, I know, he's not. Does he, does he follow us? No. Okay. Unfortunately. So, unfortunately, <laughs> but fortunately for uh, for the surprise. Right. right? Exactly. So. <laughs> so follow us after Master Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if you if he hears hears that, it's too late. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. But, but as far as like uh, just a little history about me, I just mm-hmm. let's go right to the beginning. I yeah. Um, I, I grew up in a very unusual church so my life was very mm-hmm. odd my father was a minister so i grew up as a minister's kid okay so right there was not a <laughs> good beginning for me <laughs> now, as far as ethics mm-hmm. and and values yeah day yeah. one that was that's part of who i am yeah mm-hmm. but this church had some very unusual rules and it quite literally destroyed my my childhood or my late teen years freedom freedom and alienating my high school friends and you know when you're at that age that's everything to a kid going to football games being on the team Mm -hmm. any team and now i was on tennis and swim team Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I was pretty good. But um, obviously football is where it's at when you're a, a, boy, oh, yeah. a boy in school. <laughs> but at the same time, I graduated senior year at a whopping 129 pounds. So <laughs> I was a little guy. And uh, so because of my odd religious beliefs, and I was very small, and I, I got picked on a lot, you know, and it was just, it was hard. It was hard focusing on my schoolwork, so my grades were, I barely graduated. Although I was, I guess I was pretty bright, mm -hmm. but, you know, it doesn't matter when you're pushed around at school and you yeah, can't yeah. focus on your studies. That's, yeah, it's... My mind was on just survival. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's sad. But I just had this talk the other day with a friend of mine. I said, in a weird way, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. Because it taught me what it's like to be bullied on the wrong end of the stick. But now, I stand up against bullies, and, I, awesome. and I, I try to empower kids that get bullied. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't wave my flag high and proud all the time, like I'm a big, you know, like with campaigns and stuff. Mm -hmm. But in my personal circle of friends mm -hmm. in life. Whenever I get a chance to talk to kids, I say, look, this is not about you. It has nothing to do with how you look <clears throat> or, or what you say. It's these, these kids that are doing this to you, there's something inside of them that's just not right at the time. The family, life at home. That's usually like 99% of the problem mm -hmm. is they're unhappy. And then they see happiness in another child and they're jealous. And their only way of lashing out is to beat up on you at school and humiliate you in front of your friends. Yeah. So it's because they want something you have. But but kids at that age, they don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get it. All I, I'm like, why? What's the problem here? What am I doing wrong? I just didn't understand. Um, so that And that's what led me into Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. So right at, at <laughs> high school, I jumped into Taekwondo with both my feet. I was actually at the point where I was like, not living at my school, but I would spend the night. What belt are you in Taekwondo? I'm a black belt. Oh, you are? Okay. Oh, wow. yeah, I did time. not know that. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I never did degree testing. I don't, I don't, I'm not a, a chaser of belts. Yeah. As Scott Houston can attest to that. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> someone does not want his next belt either. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your Ooh, call, Scott. That's fired. <laughs> yeah, but they're humble shots. Yeah, they're not yeah, like, yeah. I want my belt. You know, right. I don't want my belt. I have much to work on. Uh -huh. So that's what drove me so hard to train Taekwondo. And uh, I got pretty good. You know, I am. Um, so, but, the, and that's when my IT career took off. And I, I had to choose. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, okay, I'm in my, now I'm in my mid 20s. I really need to get moving on something here. And, and they actually offered me a school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Now, officially, they said there's talk like, they got your eye on you, Mike. Um, you can keep going. You can, have, and I'm like, well, and then I looked at how all the, all those guys were living. It was, they had pretty tough lives. They weren't mm -hmm. getting paid a whole lot. I'm like, mm, maybe not. Plus computers came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me. I, it's something I always know how to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of went that path instead. Okay. So, and I felt terrible because when I, I kept training for a while, but then eventually that took over my life and I didn't train trick Taekwondo for like 12 years. But I can safely say, when something is such a part of you, it's still there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I could I, I could throw kicks 12, 15 years later, like, I was a little rusty, but mm -hmm. but the, all the technique was there. Wow. I couldn't believe it. 
I, I lost all my flexibility, but once I was warmed up, I was, I was kicking yeah. like I did. In fact, so I went back to school with an, uh, another professor who actually broke away from the original school. And he got my technique right up there again. And I'm throwing kicks better than I've ever thrown before, even now. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, and I always wanted uh, a stand-up game and a ground game. Mm -hmm. and, and so during that whole thing is when that uh, Gracie won that super fight. You know, the ones that put him on the map. Oh, okay. When jiu-jitsu kind of... But UFC won? Yeah. The was first that UFC, a... yeah. I yeah. think it was the early UFC when they had the gi on and everything. Um, was it hoist hoist, hoist Gracie, yeah right? yeah so that's at the that's the time where i was kind of like winding down a little bit and um i really didn't see the value of ground fighting i didn't get to mm -hmm. understand that part mm -hmm. in fact the day i realized i needed to do that was when after i joined 360 jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. and i met dan borvik ah. okay <laughs> In the parking lot, uh, we were doing some sparring at, at like 11 o'clock in this dark parking lot with a spotlight over us. And I was mm -hmm. throwing some spin kicks. And he was just grabbing my leg and throwing me to the ground gently. Uh -huh. Wait, wait, hold on. So you guys just met in the parking lot and started fighting? Wait, how did this <laughs> <laughs> No, this, this was just after class. Okay, okay. You know, for some odd reason, we were always intrigued with each other. Uh -huh. Dan, I, I thought Dan Borvik did not like me oh. when I joined 360 because he'd always be staring at me across the mat. Uh, he, he does yeah, that. He, he does that. That's just because um, he's Dan. <laughs> he <laughs> saw something in you that he liked. That was it. Yeah, that, I bet, yeah. It was probably your, the, your beautiful eyes. <laughs> oh, jeez, what a compliment. If anybody has beautiful eyes, it's Dan Borvik. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's, He's he's probably sees his own reflection. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they're crazy. And of course, and here's where Scott Houston would get on my case again, like get off that Dan kick. You just <laughs> you love the guy, and I do. I yeah. I think Dan is wonderful. Yeah. He's just he's just got this personality that mm -hmm. doesn't quit. Mm -hmm. You know he's he's a free bird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know so but but it was at that moment where I realized oh my god all this stand up I can do doesn't mean anything. If a guy, if a guy like him, and not, I should say a guy like him, he's amazing. But, right. But if someone can intercept a kick and put me to the ground, I didn't know what to do after that. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, I really understood how important jujitsu was. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of evolved from there. And it's been a long road. And you know, I'm probably pushing what six years now, doing jujitsu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's, you know, and when you walk into a jujitsu school with a black belt in taekwondo, you think. I, I never, I never thought, hey, I'm something here. Okay. You know, I never thought that. Mm -hmm. Actually, it took me back to what it was like to be a white belt, and I appreciated what, what it was like being a white belt and not to act like a white belt. Mm -hmm. So I, that was like a leg up for me immediately. Mm -hmm. But I thought my mindset in Taekwondo would carry me through to Jiu-Jitsu. It did not one ounce. Really? Um, no, because Jiu-Jitsu is so much deeper mm -hmm. than Taekwondo. Uh, in Taekwondo, we have your your forms. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one aspect. And then you have your kicks. You know, there's like several pieces of Taekwondo. And you can work on any given one and uh, become a black belt in, in any way. There's many paths to black okay. belt in Taekwondo. But I always want to be like a true fighter because mm -hmm. that's really the definition of, I think, in my opinion, a, a, a black belt. Is, you, you have to know how to fight for real. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's when it really hit me. And so in Jiu-Jitsu, you know, and Scott love to pick pick on I me mean, and, and say you know i would have a lot of like mike i tell you to go left you go right mm. i tell you to go right you go left this 
what's the deal? Mm-hmm. And, and I never took it personally, thank God, mm-hmm. because I could have been a guy like, you know. Yeah, what the heck? Like, yeah, I'm who do you quitting. think you are? Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, I kind of laughed it off and said, you're right, Scott. I, I'll try harder, you know. Wow. I never mouthed off to Scott, nor did I ever have the urge to. And that, but that's one thing Taekwondo really taught me well, and I, I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> people laugh at me, I'll, even my wife, she's like, Mike, you, you give people too much respect. I'm mm-hmm. like, but honey, that's really what it, I bought him my garbage man. Oh, wow. You what? My, my garbage, our garbage man in our neighborhood. Yeah. I bow to him. Oh, do you? Okay. Wow. We're all servants, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. why, why am I above him? Just right. Because he's getting yeah. my garbage doesn't mean I cannot. Right. So in respect, say thank you for mm-hmm. what you do, right? It's a well-paying career on top of that, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, you know, even mailman, FedEx, yeah. yes. They're all people. Um, <laughs> DMV, okay? <laughs> and we all had great no, experiences yeah. there, right? <laughs> but I bought it. Uh, it's not a full bomb, but I'll, I'll, like, I'll do this a mm-hmm. lot. Like, thank you. You know, and, and like I say, Scott can always pick out the Taekwondo people in the school because they're the ones that do the full Oh, uh, yeah. It, it's something that I can't turn off mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't care. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when the garbage man comes, he's like, well, my dad's always like, oh, I'll give you a hug. And then he's like, no, I'm kind of dirty. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I pass that stuff. Yep. Plus, plus, my family, we're all farm boys up north. My dad's one, uh, one of okay. ten kids. Okay. So, you know, I, don't, I never, like, lived on a farm, but I've gone up there, you know, my whole life mm-hmm. and I know what it's like to be around smelly cows and horses and chickens and stuff and um, you have to embrace it mm-hmm. you know we're not above anything so and I know we've gone off track a little bit no not at all this is, this is perfect so that that's what kind of led into me I, my IT information technology career mm-hmm. and um, this is a, a right around the time where the World Wide Web mm-hmm. came about mm-hmm. so here we go 1989 Two years out of high school. Now, I did not start this company, but I bought it shortly after. My friend named Dean Roth, amazing IT guy, started an internet company in Milwaukee. So he had it for a couple of years and grew it nicely. And then um, I, with my father's help, bought it. Mm-hmm. And um, we be, once I sold it off, barely, I, uh, we're the second largest in Wisconsin. Mm. This is where America Online was really big, AOL.com. Yeah. And uh, so we were selling dial-up access to all the residents in in Wisconsin. So it was was an amazing ride. uh, But during that time, I I let myself go bad. I was was working seven days a week and wasn't taking care of myself. And, you know, it was was a rough and amazing time. And in the end, it, it didn't actually end really well when I sold my company. It... The, the, the purchase didn't go uh, quite right, and I really kind of lost most of everything I owned. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but and I still think about it a lot. But there's a reason for everything, uh, because yeah. while my company was kind of my company wasn't spiraling down, but I, as a person, mm-hmm. was spiraling down. I was mm-hmm. I was having breakdowns. I actually ended up in the hospital. Oh God. For a couple of days, because um, I just lost it. My dad actually had to come get me. My own father, a grown man, had to yeah. come get me from my own company and, and take me to his house. I, I was just, I was crying for, I didn't know why. I just had this massive breakdown. And I just, because I was working so hard, I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's when we decided to sell. And my dad says, you need, you need to get out of this. I can't let you go through this anymore. So and then it's, it's around when I met my wife. Oh, my gosh. I, I know. <laughs> okay. I know. Mommy doesn't. Mommy knows some of what I want to, but she well, doesn't know quite But the thing is, when you were doing your internet company, my mom lived across the street. Like, her company was across the street. Oh. And my uncle would go to him every day. Mm. This is when they didn't even know each other yet. Okay. My uncle would go to him every day to drop off mail. Oh. And, like, <laughs> and pay the monthly bill. <laughs> okay. Because okay. my mom used his company. Gotcha. Oh, internet. Yeah, that's, cool. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And so, did he bow to your uncle then? No. <laughs> He's like, wait, that guy was very respectful. <laughs> yeah, I like him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why he started dating his sister. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. like, bow to your mailman. You never know who they're gonna be. And this and this is one literally when I swore off women. Ah. I, I got a bad relationship one year one year earlier, mm-hmm. and I was done. Mm-hmm. I was done with girls. Okay. Until one Saturday morning. Where, at a gas station. <laughs> at a gas station of all places. I love it. Um, she was in getting coffee. I was getting coffee, and her eyes met. And it was, Whoa. and the gas station guy who ran the counter knew me many years. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. He's like winking at me, like, mm. Mike, <laughs> check out this beautiful Asian girl here. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> this is like a movie scene. This is. Like, oh I my pictured gosh. this. In, this uh, could be a. Yeah. Well, it gets better. Does it? What? <laughs> On many levels. And I, I don't want to waste a podcast talking about... No, but talk about... This ahead. podcast is on about you. But it could be right out of a movie. Um, after we met, we find out that my best friend mm-hmm. at the time and her best friend... Oh, my God. ...have been trying to put us together... Whoa. ...on a blind date for over a year. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> yes. And but we with our busy schedules, uh-huh. we're we're like I I can't make it. Tell her I I can't go tonight. It is, we always cancel because oh. we're just so busy, right? <laughs> That's so crazy. Right. So our, so moving ahead, we we started going out a little bit, and then I take her to my apartment one night, <laughs> and and we get there, and she I open the door, and she walks in. She's like, "No freaking way!" I'm like, "What?" She's like, "This is my old apartment." No. <laughs> Oh my god! I am so glad to this be hearing this story. This, this is, is amazing. ridiculous. I'm not lying. Right. This is so good. I, if if you believe in, if you didn't believe in destiny, like what? that is the definition of destiny. Here it right is. There. Yes. Oh my god. That's yeah. Now, just because something is destiny, everybody, does not mean that. There's no work required right. in making a relationship work. Because yeah. mm-hmm. let me tell you, after that time, we've had a very rocky relationship where we there were multiple breakups. Mm-hmm. Where we would actually, you know, move in and and move out. I mean, it was it was oh, crazy, okay, mm-hmm. and a lot of it had to do with my the way I was not handling the company well. Like, you know, it was just hard. Plus, I didn't have martial arts for me mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that, you know. So let's just jump ahead one more time. So to, to jujitsu. Yeah. So that so when I found jujitsu again, well, what and then the photography, you know, I I was shooting like twenty years ago is when I got into photography, um, but it was hot and cold, and for a long time that that camera sat on my shelf for a long time. But um, when I did buy my first camera, I didn't skimp. 
I didn't buy a little thing. I, it was the Canon uh, 20D at the time. Oh, yeah. I used that one for um, photography class at mm. summer camp. I use it because, like, my teacher, who also knows my dad, his name is Mr. Dempsey. So every year he would do a photography class, and, like, he would throw water, and you try to get, like, shutter speed shots. Mm-hmm. And then, like, him throwing a football, trying to do, like, fast shots of him, like, going like that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I did it, like, for about two or three years. Yeah. But the thing is, it was, like, the same thing every year. So I didn't really do it this year because it's, like, the same thing. But, but that's but the camera. Better. That's oh, the wow. camera I handed down to her. That's awesome. So she has a pro level <laughs> DSLR. I had the biggest camera in the class. <laughs> it was bigger than the teacher's. Yeah. like, what? It, it was, was bigger than the teacher. It, it's, only, it's only 8 megapixels, but it's the most beautiful, bright, sharp 8 megapixels you'll, you will see. And so I, I, that's officially her camera now. That's okay. awesome. So I, it, so that's, so when I, when I bought that camera, and I bought the biggest, best ones, the whole thing was like six thousand bucks. Oh and, wow! And I, yeah, I, I went nuts. And and it was, it sat on the shelf for many years. And then we went our we every year we go to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I took the cam my camera with, and that's when I started shooting like beach shots and stuff. And and I caught this magical. You know, they they call it the golden hour in photography mm-hmm. world. It's it's either while the sun's rising in the morning or going down at night. And it was either one of those times where Megan has this beautiful dress on. I, I like buying her dresses. Mm-hmm. I, every- oh, yeah, we were in Hawaii. It was the first time we were in Hawaii, and we were at the best hotel. And we found this Hawaiian dress shop. So my dad goes in. He's like, Megan, look at all these dresses. I'm getting you, like, all of them. <laughs> I'm not going to buy all of them. Yeah. I'm not that rich. He bought but, me a but bunch we bought a select few dresses. Yeah, and, nice. You know, and so we were on the beach, and I, I was just shooting – and uh, I just got this one shot. It was like a moment. And I'll, I'll show it to you later. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was just magical. And I knew then, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. Wow. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I bring it home. And I did a poster-sized print of it. We have it in our bathroom. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what I knew. And then, and then what, what happened after that is I started making these shots and I had and I think photography was my was my destiny too because okay. my, my neighbor across the street for like 25 years owned a camera store mm-hmm. and he was a pro photographer and okay. and I reconnected with him years later and I showed him my gotcha. work and he's like Mike he's like how long have you been shooting? I'm like just a little bit he's like you've got this interesting way of composing shots and he says we teach this in class but you're like doing it already you know, and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, there's this thing called, you know, they call it rule of thirds where you mm-hmm. chop up a picture and you mm-hmm. try to place people in a spot. I just had a natural placement for people where to put them in a shot. Mm-hmm. And he said, I said, Mike, you, you just got half the battle done already and you already do it naturally. So I said, we just have to maybe work on a couple more things and I think we can make you a really good photographer, you know. And that's when I knew, okay, not only is computers my natural ability to photography, comes easy for me too um but it was uphill battle though understanding it, it was a new concept just like jujitsu mm-hmm. these are concepts they're painful in the beginning right mm-hmm. but if you can get past that threshold of oh my god you know mm-hmm. i don't want to learn this but i have to right mm-hmm. once i started learning the dynamics of a camera 
you know, like shutter speed, aperture, ISO, and I, and it's a, they call it the triangle. It's a, a mix between the three. And you change one, it affects the other two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, that's too much for my little brain to handle. I change one thing and two more things change. <laughs> it's, it's like, but once you understand how you control all of them, I understand how to get those beautiful, like blurry backgrounds mm-hmm. and those really sharp foregrounds or just, it all came together for me. Okay. And then, and then my post-processing uh, abilities got much better. And if you look at my old photos, you can kind of draw a roadmap as to uh, a, ro- a roadmap as to where my photography started and where it was not very good. Because <laughs> even though I was I was good, right? There were missing elements that mm-hmm. uh, after I and you don't see them until you look back. Mm-hmm. Just like your jujitsu. I don't know if you ever do you have old videos of yourself oh, yeah. as, as a wipeout. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And you're like. Holy shit! I even suck, just like two you know? years ago, I'm just like oh. even last week sometimes because I actually yeah. record all my rolls. Like you do, you, I used to do that. me tripod. I put the tripod up and then I record it as like a study. So like that's how I uh, that helps me learn. It feels like a shortcut to me because it's like it takes over all the the work that your own memory has to do to wow, learn. That's you know, smart. I should I, do that. I feel like it's yeah, really helping I me. You know what? I'm going to do it from now on. <laughs> All right. Because, awesome. Because uh, Scott, you know, he, he'll, he'll stand at, on the wall and coach people. But when you have so many people, you can't right. coach everybody. And yeah. I don't get, I think maybe now that I'm more of a serious competitor, Scott will maybe spend more time with me, giving me vocal commands like, you know, Mike, get the underhook or you're not, mm-hmm. get your weight down. You know, you're, you're too high. Things like that. I, I need, I desperately need that kind of coaching when I roll because you know how it feels to be on your own you're winging it and you're not sure what to do mm-hmm. I, and if I could have someone there giving me definitive information as to no, this is what you do in this position it's not you could do one of ten things no you got to get the underhook mm-hmm. or cross face you have to get this mm-hmm. and these are and these are things that I feel by now I should know being so close to purple and that's probably why I don't feel comfortable getting my purple right now, you know. And I just think there's certain basic things I should know and I may not be doing just yet. I think it's one of the things that, uh, situations where I think you might be like your own worst critic because mm-hmm. a lot of people that are purple belt or even higher are not as smooth and technical as you are because I, I finally got to roll with you the, um, the 360 uh, when, I went, when I went to that open mat, which was was cool, and you move really well. And I didn't. Uh, uh, there are people that are purple and brown that are rigid, that don't use technique, that still muscle things around, and you are not that. <laughs> like yeah, you're, you're definitely that was my goal. Technique. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was told that the other day too by someone else that um, is is really good. Uh, John Gouda's wife coming to train at 360. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Claire? Claire. She is amazing. She is, I said, I've been shooting her for years, but I finally got to meet her and mm-hmm. she's in town training for a while at 360. Mm-hmm. Okay. She is so, oh, she's so forthcoming with information. Mm-hmm. And during the roles, she's giving me advice on what to do. And, and she said some nice words the other day too, like I'm, my rolling is very smooth and it flows. And that was one of my mm-hmm. goals. That's awesome. Is to not, ever be that spazzy white belt mm-hmm. same <laughs> but i'm in some respects i'm taking it too far because i am giving up positions 
Um, and I'm, I'm just giving away the farm when I'm rowing. And I know that's part of, that's part of something I need to get past if I'm ever going to be a higher level competitor. That's being really nice, too nice to, yes. I do the same thing. Like I play reactively too much and then I'm too friendly. I don't crank up the pace sometimes, you know, and yeah. like when I need to. Prime example at the Chicago Open, why I took silver and Nogi is because, you know, I was in half guard and I was doing a shoulder pressure and I was mm-hmm. crushing his throat. Pretty, I could feel it. He was, he's not liking it. Mm-hmm. I did the Sperry foot, mm-hmm. you know, where I brought my foot over, peeled yes. it out. And, and I could tell he was not comfortable with me making him gag on his own. And I'm like, so I let off a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's not the time to do that. No, that's mm-hmm. time to go in for the yeah. kill. Okay. And this is, <laughs> and this is what Claire was t- talking about. She's like, Mike, you know, you can't, you know, you have to learn to separate being nice yeah. with, with competition. Mm-hmm. And I think, I really truly believe if I, if I kept that pressure on hard like I should have, because yeah. I was in such a great spot, uh, all of a sudden I, I, my weight got too high as I was pulling my, my leg out. So I, I, was, I was trying to go a three-quarter mount and I just mm-hmm. couldn't get mm-hmm. He sweeps me. All of a sudden he's on top. And he's putting. Now I look at the clock and I got a minute 30 to get out of that. Mm. And I'm like, my gold medal, medal's right on that right. clock. And I'm like, oh, it's frustrating. So, and of course, I didn't make it out in time. So he was up mm. in points and he won. And it, that was, but like I say, competition is about, is about that moment. Mm-hmm. I will never, ever do that again. Yeah. It, that gets drilled in once yes. you make a pretty big mistake. Yeah. So, I, and like I say, that's, people laugh at me when I say this a lot. I, I say I train jujitsu, but I don't like hurting people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> "How can that be, Mike?" I said, yeah. "Wait, you know, jujitsu means the gentle art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I'm trying to stay true to the meaning of that, and I want and and Scott, I just love. He likes to give speeches during class, mm-hmm. and, and I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, he always thinks he might he might ramble, but I his words are very meaningful to me, and he he always says clean." technical non-meathead mm-hmm. jujitsu you know and that's that's the reason he got of got out of doing like at mma gyms he wanted his own academy so he could teach pure technical jujitsu and a lot of you guys are super smooth and yeah, technical it's, i can definitely tell yeah, that that's a core that's belief a theme, at yeah. your guys's gym morin i was rolling with morin i rolled with uh steve the blank 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 he's yeah. really good really good yeah, yeah. Uh, all, all, all of you guys are super smooth. Yeah, we try. Yeah. You know, we try. And um, so I'm just doing, I'm doing my best to like stay true to the, to the core values of Scott's school and and what jujitsu is meant to be. And, and this is where competition it will become a problem for me. It's, it's just a, a mental hurdle I need to get over, where there is a time and place to put on the hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna be okay so, too. So um, I, in some ways, I'm known to be the guy in the school, to be the non-spazziest, safe guy to go with. Mm-hmm. That's good. I yeah. I I go with uh, Crawley kids all the time. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of fun together, because I, I've learned how to throttle back, mm-hmm. because it's not fair to use your strength against yeah. certain people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I I believe in just using pure technique. But, you know, when you're lower level, you only have so much technique. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's still, you know, it's, it still improves your technique to do it that way. 
Uh, I, I felt like it, it helps a lot. Um, but yeah, it does also condition you poorly for tournaments because I did that for such a long time, rolling slow and being too nice that I'm like, okay, I'll just crank it up at tournaments. But then when I go to a tournament, then I'm still too nice to the guy because it's habit. You can't break that habit yeah. in one. Yes. One sitting, you know, so it has to be conditioned. So you, you uh, nowadays I choose people that I know I can just put the pace on. Yeah. And then that way I'm, you yeah. know, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> One thing I noticed as well, <laughs> being a well-known photographer, when people visit our school, I really don't think they're putting it on me uh, like they should. Mm. <laughs> Present company not excluded. I, oh. I, I, I know. I know you're being nice. I do. Because I, I know how you should feel as, as your level. And I know you're being technical and nice. But, you know, I, 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 I need the hurt to be put on me if I'm going to really learn. Well, that could also be because of the way you rolled. They're like, okay, he's not spazzing out. I'm going to go smooth, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that they, could, like, match your yeah. Yeah. Like There could be truth to that, too. Yeah, I guess I just That's envisioned I in my mind. when we rolled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like I say, I always want to be the nice guy you can trust. Um, but at the same time, you always want everyone's A game. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and I really never truly envisioned getting into competing like it, I am now. Mm-hmm. I'm still at the very beginning of it. I only have like a three, or, three or four Chicago Opens under my belt, you know. And I'm still getting the hang of this stuff. I guess I just wanted to prove to myself that the, the, the butterflies can go mm-hmm. away, and they're 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 not there. Problem is, I'm getting too good at disconnecting too much mm-hmm. before the match. Oh. And, you know what I mean? So I think I'm all good to go because I'm just kind of just. Yeah, you don't have that adrenaline. Yeah, but at the same time, man, you have to unleash the beast. Right. Mm-hmm. You know when a guy says "come back," you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. go, Rawr! exactly. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm just kind of like strolling up. Yeah, you're like, oh. Okay, let's yeah. do this. Because in my mind, I'm trying to envision like, like this is no different than a role mm-hmm. at a school. Because in mm-hmm. a lot of respects, it is no different than a role right. at a school. There's just more on the line. Mm-hmm. And you got six minutes to do it. Mm-hmm. Five or six minutes, I forget the number. But. <laughs> Depends on the division. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's so many pieces of my jiu-jitsu that I, wanna, I, I will not relinquish. You know, I want to be clean and technical mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, like I say, I, I'm having a hard time finding that unless I get hurt during a match, like someone stubs my finger, mm-hmm. then something really bad happens inside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I unleash, I do, that's in me. A lot of that's in me. I won't lie to you. And a lot of that goes back to being picked oh, on in school. Mm-hmm. That there's, there's a monster inside of all of us. Yeah. Um, I don't think everyone realizes that. We're not perfect. So. In, in the world, though. I mean, until yeah. you're pushed to a point, you need to know how to control that little person inside of you because you don't mm-hmm. want to hurt someone out of vengeance, mm-hmm. out of anger. And that's when you get hurt during a match, that's a trigger. Like, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're like, have something coming up in the future that you need your hand oh, for. Oh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, now what's on, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. And when you're a certain player, you can't do that. You have to, like, no, hey, you yeah. gotta stay in control. So that I'm always fighting that person inside of me because he's there a lot. Yeah, you can bring intensity without anger for mm-hmm. sure. So now I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting good at focusing that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I need to do now though is um, during rolling is not just go two matches and sit one out, 
go-to matches. I'm watching the real competitors out there. Yeah. They're going every match because they need that uh, aerobic conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably my next evolution. Yeah, will be, you need to know how to push when you're even tired. Though, even mm-hmm. though I want to throw up a little bit. Grind. Or <laughs> feeling a little funny. Or I want, I want that drink of water sitting over there really bad. I can't. I just need to go again. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, hydration is important too. Yeah. And see, that's another thing too. I'm, I'm getting into this as an old guy. I mean, I need to take care of my muscles. I need to stay hydrated and yeah. eat really good. And so that's probably why I sit out every third row because I can't afford to get hurt right now because time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, health is important. That's a good number. Three. Yeah. I, let me tell you, as you get older and once you have kids, it is, it's a haunting experience inside your stomach. Like when you see your own mortality and you know, now you're at the halfway mark, you start thinking about stuff really differently mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. every moment is precious and don't mess around. So for me, keeping my body injury free is high up on the scale because, you know, once jujitsu lets out, mm-hmm. you know, life does continue on beyond those walls and there's homework dinner to make kids responsibilities and you can't come in with a black eye or you know messed up ankle Mm -hmm. and that's why i actually had a i I don't say quit to taekwondo but i don't train anymore like i used to because i I broke both my ankles oh okay you know i'm trying to do these aerial spinning kicks because one thing in taekwondo is you always have to outdo yourself Mm -hmm. you can't just keep doing the same stuff you always have to add on to your game but there's when you land wrong and it's just, it's not worth it. And, but jujitsu, you can always take pit stops or just stop along the way. You can mm-hmm. find good positions where you're safe, mm-hmm. get your composure back and say, okay, now I'm ready to continue. You, you can you have control over the pace and take one match. You know, once you land a, a spin kick and break ribs, you can't like undo that. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. I've broken ribs of my friends where they're out six months. And I'm like, oh my God, I did that. Now they're at home. They may not come back now because you know how it is when you take time off. You know, like, you yeah. start talking yourself out of going back again. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I really don't need that much. I don't want to be responsible for that. So that's why jujitsu. I also love. You know, that's why tapping. I love. Yeah. It's, it's like a reboot. It's a second chance. Mm-hmm. There's time to say I concede to your position because I I can't mm-hmm. take it anymore. Um, but taekwondo is too permanent. Once you land that punch or kick, what's done is done. Yeah. And I can't live with myself if I do that. So. <laughs> wow. That's a good point. All right, let's face it. You're filthy and you probably smell bad. Ranked soap. It's the opposite of rancid, not soap. Huge thank you to uh, Dakota Sherup and Kevin Devries of Ranked Soap. They've been with us since episode one and... Uh, have just been amazing sponsors, so we're really glad to have them on board with us. So, Mike, tell us a little bit more about the life of a jujitsu photographer. I don't think a lot of people actually understand what you guys go through. No, they do not. Um, most competitors, like they have their, their day that they're going to compete, mm-hmm. so they schedule their flights and hotel around that one day, and then they'll typically go home after that. Mm-hmm. Unless they're going to hang out for like a jujitsu camp or something. Uh-huh. Uh, a photographer, 
you literally have to spend the entire span of the tournament there. And, and for me, I not only book one day before and one day after, sometimes I book even two days before and two days after for people that want maybe supplemental pictures to be taken or maybe some sponsored you know, t-shirt shots mm -hmm. or gee companies and stuff like that. But for me, that two days, you know, when you're staying in California, hotel rooms are like 200 bucks a yeah. night. So for, for Worlds, the day I checked in, I immediately put $1,600 on my credit card. Day one. Right. You know? And that's just my hotel. Oh, geez. Just to stay, you know. And so, you know, in order, you know, when I book clients, and I, and I do have an amazing following of clients that do book me on a consistent basis. And thank nice. you, everybody, for that. Mm -hmm. It only pays for like half. So every time I, I go to shoot worlds and pans, I basically lose a thousand dollars. I'm in the hole, a thousand bucks out of wow. my savings just to do what I love. So that this is not to be a sob story of a <laughs> photographer, mm -hmm. but uh, just a little bit of reality for everybody who thinks that photographers are you know jet sitting around the world and taking a week off in beautiful California. Right. Uh, I, I, I get up in California. I get up at 5.30 a.m. every day uh, just to get to the morning breakfast that the hotel offers before the lines fill up just to eat and then go back to my room and shower and get ready, get all my photography gear mm -hmm. together and Uber it to the venue. And I'm literally there an hour to two hours before it even begins. I am there before any other photographer. Ask anybody. It's it's just my way of staking my claim at the press table, getting all the power cords lined up, getting all my settings on my camera dialed in, and getting coffee. And and then I have to prepare with making sandwiches and drinks in, in, a, in a backpack every morning, you know, just to prepare for the day. So then... Um, yeah, once that first bell rings for the first match, I'm out there shooting. You know, depending on who has hired me, you know, the pressure begins. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I rely entirely on, like, having Wi-Fi access or Verizon, you know, or AT&T, wherever I can get at the time to keep my, my hotspot enabled for my laptop at the press table. And as we all know, it's just a dynamic environment. Mm -hmm. Matches are always changing all the time. And they'll shift them up five, ten minutes. And throughout the day, what, what was pre-done in my calendar, and by the way, the night before, I'll spend up to one in the morning entering clients into my calendar, my all calendar, which mm -hmm. is connected to my smartphone and my, my, my watch. Mm -hmm. So while I'm sitting shooting matches, I'm actually being notified as when my next match is. Oh, okay. But that's not connected to the computer system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's just what it was the night before. It could be now pushed up 15, 20 minutes sooner now. Yeah, it could be even an hour sometimes. Yeah. At Worlds. So the, the amount of pressure I am under, it's yeah. incredible. And I, but of course, there's so much adrenaline there and excitement. That's what keeps my mind off the pressure because mm -hmm. I'm just so in the moment that I don't hear anything behind me when I'm shooting. When I'm in the match, wow. I'm looking through that lens. I'm like, I'm with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just and I know what 
I know what's coming next. I know what I know that the progression of movements and mm-hmm. how things work. So I know when that magic shot's gonna come. Mm-hmm. So, so but but back to the back to my day again. You know, so this this goes on and on, and I'm always running back to the press table, having to refresh the computer system to see when the matches are moved up, or if someone wins a match that I'm covering, mm-hmm. I have to continue to watch them now, mm-hmm. and in a really bad way sometimes when a competitor loses that i'm covering it's almost a relief Uh in a way because now my job is finished with Mm -hmm. that person and i can now focus on the next one but obviously i want them to win yeah all the way because my goal is to get that that shot at winning shots yeah Mm -hmm. like that that one jessica man i oh my god that was i'll never forget that you know yeah, yeah. And we had several really good ones yeah, of her. That was, uh, I mean, I can't tears, thank you enough. The, <laughs> yeah. It's it's special. Yeah. And and it's odd because and then that one moment will literally re-energize me mm-hmm. for the next five hours. You know, wow. it's just nice. those feelings of like say uh, photography is very feeling type of um, business. It's not oh my god, this sucks. I'm hungry and I'm, I need mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom and I got to shoot this damn match. Mm-hmm. No, it's for me. It's like okay. This person hired me to capture this special moment for them, you know, and they trained their ass off, paid a ton of money to get here, probably to take off of work. Mm-hmm. And if they have kids, they probably had to manage someone to watch their kids or, or, or make a deal with their husband or wife mm-hmm. to watch the kids so they can go off for two days. Right. Chasing their dream. Yeah. There's a lot at stake here, and I'm not going to miss that shot. Mm-hmm. So I am so in the moment focused. That's awesome. I will get my shot. And 99% of the time, I do get it. Mm-hmm. So so this is the kind of stuff. And now, so before I leave on a trip like this, I have to consult with my wife, mm-hmm. you know, and who thankfully always says yes, because she knows this feeds my soul. It makes me happy. Yeah. So I, so I have to talk to her about arranging to make sure the kids are okay with her, you know, and, you know, I have to get all the money together before I even... And I and I booked these trips by the way two to three months early, while airfares are low. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of stake that I have to prepay money into that I could lose oh, if, yeah. if the trip doesn't work out. See, a lot of competitors will just book at the last second and they'll right, decide to right. just go. And me, I don't have that uh, luxury, so I have to really plan this out ahead of time. So, there's so much more just before I even leave the house to these venues, these trips. That has to be planned. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have enough money set aside for any incidentals. And, and I always bring, like, say, plenty of cash with me just in case something mm-hmm. weird happens with credit cards. So I always have to be ready for that. So then, you know, in the, in, the, in the Uber rides, I try to book my hotels within three miles of the venue. That way I can take the shuttle. But I rarely do that. I take the Uber now because I'm, I'm getting out of such weird hours. And, and this, is a, this is a funny thing about shooting jujitsu. It looks like things are winding down at the venue, right? Mm-hmm. But that just means they're preparing for now bigger. open class. You know, right. We're talking about <laughs> 5 p.m. Yeah. Now you're really thinking about that that restaurant. Like, right. And mm-hmm. I want to get a nice yeah. goodbye because I haven't eaten anything all day. And you're just ready to pass out. You start thinking you're taking pictures of food, not people, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their heads like, turn yeah. into, like, hamburgers. <laughs> and, you know, I, I always... You know, it just works out in a way where I always end up being the last guy that leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's almost a joke with IBJF staff. They're they're up uh, up on top looking down at me and I'm packing. And they're like, Mike, can we get out of here? <laughs> we cannot leave this facility until all people are out. We're responsible mm-hmm. for you, Mike. So First guy in, last guy out. And I'm like, I'm staying here in a w- odd way of, for you guys because, you know. It helps them, yeah. The pictures I'm putting on social media are, is what's driving jujitsu. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the art is driving jujitsu. Yes, yeah. but mm-hmm. but what's what's going to sustain jujitsu? Getting more people to join. Exactly. Okay, just like the Catholic Church, you know, mm-hmm. they're running out of priests. You know, you need to like ingratiate yourself to the community to show why you want to join a church, become a priest, and live the lifestyle. Unless you do that, it's going to die. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to just say IBJJF, but just any place running jiu-jitsu tournaments mm-hmm. um, understands the importance of photographers and ones that really capture moments in the essence of jiu-jitsu and puts it out on social media. Mm-hmm. That's actually what got me into photography. It's because of Aaron Hurley's pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's powerful. and um, And I just wish... I'm not saying there's not a lot of respect given to photographers, but it seems like we're like an afterthought mm-hmm. in many ways. Like, okay, we'll we'll set you up a table over there. We'll we'll run you a power cord, and and as I, as I've gotten to know IBJF staff more, they're becoming very accommodating for me. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it, it was just almost like, you know, it's, a, it's an inconvenience mm-hmm. for them. And I get it. We're another body running around in the way. But, you know, I know how to be out of the way. I've always been very mindful. I'll, I'll tuck myself into a table in a really bad spot just so people can get through to the mat, you know. In the beginning, I used to get yelled at by some of the refs if my foot was even, like, on the mat yeah. a little bit. And now they're like, Whatever. that's my, <laughs> he shoots my matches. So yeah. Like, oh, right. <laughs> nice. It's so nice having all those refs, yeah. everyone, looking at me before matches going, you know, give me a little finger. Going, yeah. 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 Yo, you'll get me later, right, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We, yeah. It's just nice yeah. to know everybody yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Before, though, man, you're like... You're, you're a popular guy, 5,000 Facebook friends. Uh, right? yeah. I yeah. wish Facebook would up that yeah, that's, number. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure why that number exists. But, you know, and the thing is, I'm really weak on Instagram. I only have, like, maybe not even 4,000 followers. Look at Mike Columbus. He has like 35,000. Oh, wow. I'm uh, sure that number is going to be. I have 400, so <laughs> that's pretty good to me. Elisa <laughs> Albin. Um, mm-hmm. I love her. She's great. Oh, she's a great lady. Her and I have a lot of fun together. <laughs> uh, we, we usually catch dinner together at Master World. She's a okay. wonderful lady. Um, she, she's she got probably pushing 40,000. Wow. I'm like, how do, you, how do you do that? You know, like my pictures are I think good. Yeah. They're amazing. Why are they not going crazy? So, I'm sure they will be soon. I'm not you know. sure what that magic. I, I I think it's it's when they got in it. And I like, mm. say I'm kind of late into the game. But but thing was my the generation I'm gonna cover now are the are the etalodes. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> the 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 fifty two and zero. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the purple belts, yeah. these up and comers from my like AOJ, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the Jessica, okay, <laughs> the future champion. So this, right. so I'm just getting started, right? I think my and my claim to fame years, will be covering like, you yeah. guys and your rise to fame, mm-hmm. you know. And and also that's and this is one other thing that sets me diff- apart from their photographers. And I just did it naturally. It's it's whenever a big name like you know Buchetta, 
you know, is up, you know, and all, all you see is these orange vests mm -hmm. leave and go all over there. And there's these blue belts, purple belts, matches going on. And I'm like, wait, wait, what about these people? Right. Yeah. You know, does anyone care about them? Mm -hmm. So I'm actually, I go out of my way to not shoot, you know, the big names. If I get a match, great. Yeah. But no, someone's got to cover these other matches. Right, so for I sure. stay behind. Yeah. And thank God, I, I would I would get these really special matches. Mm -hmm. I just I, I just I'm a right place at the right time kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it worked out for me, <laughs> but I keep getting these really significant matches mm -hmm. where I got one girl from Australia, all the way, her entire family was behind me. I didn't wow. know that there were like 15, 20 of them, and I just plopped onto the mat, and I I got her. It was the finals, you know, and I got I got her ripping her gi open, <laughs> you know. <laughs> nice. And um, later on, I come to find out her entire family was behind me in her school. They all flew from Australia. Oh, my god. That goodness. is awesome. You know what I mean? And I'm like. Did you get them, too? Uh, yeah, I did. I you did, get I them got, in the shot? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And our, uh, uh, her name is uh, Danielle Alver Alvarez. Um, oh, Danny okay. Alvarez is her yeah. father. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that in Texas. So I got yeah. I got her match like that. Uh -huh. her, yeah, actually, I actually, I think I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah, and I was there at the time. So I looked behind me there. Oh, back there. Mm -hmm. I'm like. Yeah, you because know, no one was shooting over right. there. I'm like, you guys can't. Lower do that. belts are people too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So that's that, I I think that's probably it. And so I'm getting to be known as maybe the the guy who cares about lower mm -hmm. belts and older people. Mm. You know, I'm I've seen glorious uh, white beards on your yeah. pictures <laughs> before. Yeah, Dean Cook. Oh yeah, yeah. DJ Moses. Moses. Yeah. yeah, that guy's awesome. He, he, he looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> his wife pokes fun of me. She says I have I beard envy because I'm always complimenting. Uh. See, he's that thing. Uh huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think it's great. You're just feeling the fire. I love it, man. <laughs> it's legendary. I saw that picture. It was one of my favorite shots of yours. I'm like, I don't know this guy, but that beard just looks cool. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a Carlson Gracie. I think he's under Tom Cronin. Okay. And I've uh, gotten to be friends with him too. And his wife, and not in a good way with his wife. <laughs> now we're all friends, but she's like, she's like, she wants that beard gone, mm. and I'm like, can't tell him. That's his identity. She's like, stop <laughs> complimenting on his beard. He's never gonna shave that damn thing off. So <laughs> it was just blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. So that, so that's another aspect I'm trying to cover is the the older generation, because mm -hmm. you know, I I get it now how it feels. I know that you want to mm -hmm. feel significant. Um, it's just little things. I'm yeah, I, don't, I never. I never realized how important these pictures were. I didn't. I don't know. I was just throwing them out there, and then I'm getting people saying, "My God, that one picture you got of me years ago." I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. And like, you changed everything. Right. You know, they're making not not memes, but actual like inspirational quotes mm -hmm. overlaid on top of the picture for their school. And I'm like, oh my God, that's yeah, I'm like yeah, that's, that's your exciting. work. Yeah. I, I think Lisa though has the record. For the amount of like canvases done, mm -hmm. she does these amazing black and white canvases for schools. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's truly the the pinnacle of work. Is when you stuff ends up uh -huh. on all the school. Oh, that's yeah. why I'm like, I gotta do. Yeah, I gotta do Jess. We got we got yours. Yeah, <laughs> and I have to get. There's a ton. You guys have no idea, by the way. <laughs> all the pictures I put up. Mm -hmm. There's probably. 2,000 more. Oh, my goodness. No, no of the, the... The ones that you didn't... The uh, pristine ones that... Yeah. I just haven't had time to work on because oh. I burn out. Yeah. 
I mean, I can only work so many weeks mm-hmm. in a row after yeah. Worlds when I get home. By the way, when I get home from Worlds, I get sick. I get, I'm so... You push your body through. Yeah. Hours. I am not right in the head. I see you on the last day, like, you're I'm just, not like, right walking in the body. out there. Takes me a week. Yeah. Um, it's, it's bad. Um, so, like I say, the life photographer is, yeah... We get to run around with orange vests on, and we get to sit my side and watch all these amazing matches. Mm-hmm. Yes. But at the same time, dealing with the screaming, my ears ring at the end of the day of all the, you know, and, and it's just, I don't know. But the, the good outweighs the bad in, in such a major way that it's it's all worth it, mm-hmm. you know. So I, it, it would be nice someday to maybe make a living at it. Um, but with the business model of the Abbey JJF and just how things work. And, you know, and everyone's there in a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I, in, in the beginning, and for the most part, I still don't charge for pictures. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of high level photographers when I, uh, Master of Worlds four years ago, I was there and I was getting flack in the corner. Like, I'm like, you can't keep doing this. That's like, this is our livelihood. You can't keep giving away your pictures like oh. this. And I'm like, and and of course, being a little bit more mature and growing up now, you know, years ago, I'd have been, you know, screw you, you know, screw you to tell me I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. That's a childish response. I basically said, I understand. Um, I apologize if I'm treading on your area here, but, you know, I'm sure a lot of us started out like this. We're just getting into it, seeing if we have what it takes to be in it and in time. We will start charging or be be compensated in, in a way, and so now I, no one no one bothers me now. You know I'm 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 right in with the best photographers now. They don't they, we're all buddies at the mm-hmm. same table and we don't give each other any crap about it. But I, but I do respect their trade and uh, uh, and I know Mike Columbus his livelihood really does depend on on these pictures and and I, I do try to help him when I'm there too. He's yeah. That guy is, like say, a machine, mm-hmm. a true machine. So I, I try to get him coffee. And whenever I do food runs, I don't just buy food for me. Get it for all the I get it for the table, you know. And I'm not trying to, like, say, hey, look at me. I'm mm-hmm. No, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Because these people cannot get away. And they're dying just as much as I am. So I when I come back, I'll bring, like, I'll buy, like, 12 sandwiches, hot dogs, and drinks as much as I get in my arms. Because, mm. you know, when you leave the mat, that's, like, money those are missed shots that i'm never gonna get right. I and mean, you know how hard it is for me to walk away from a mat to go get food mm-hmm. and when i'm up there all i hear is all those chants they do <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and i'm just going <laughs> dang it but Cheshire wasn't even fighting what am i missing but, but i said you know what don't matter because there's going to be many more moments right. like this. And um, if I'm such a crappy photographer, then I need one defining picture of the tournament to make me who I am, then I'm no good. So I mm-hmm. can miss a few matches. Mm-hmm. That The world can live without my pictures for mm-hmm. a minute. Because there's, there's many other photographers that are getting pictures too. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's another thing too. I think I got that money shot. I'll, fig- I'll find out that there's some <laughs> other shots just like mine that, mm-hmm. that have made it. You know, it's just... You're not replaceable. And that, 
You know, see, you have to have the attitude. Like, you're not, yeah. you're not the bomb. You're just mm-hmm. another guy. Just be humble about it and do your best to get the shot. And... So, Mike, when you when you see like amateur photos, mm, like uh, iPhone photos, like iPhone photos, <laughs> do you like cringe or what? What's your reaction to those? Just like in jujitsu, mm-hmm. you can never forget what it's like to be a white belt. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you cannot, because as we all know, we were all one at one yes. time, right? <laughs> So I, I bite my tongue a lot. I try to be positive and uplifting when people ask me to critique their photos. But at the same time, you have to like maybe give a tip at the same time because you're not helping them if you don't give them any mm-hmm. good information. So I will not like love a photo on Facebook unless I really like love okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So you've loved a lot of mine, so I'm. Oh, uh, you're good, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just the post itself. But, yeah. but I enjoy finding though. Some people got it, man. You know, like there's a there's next door to our school. There's a place called Iron Fist Fitness. Okay. His name is Shannon Vick. He's an amazing physique. He trains a lot of us at 360. And he takes he does his iPhone shots. <laughs> and this guy just nails it, man. He does these like downtown Milwaukee um, high rise buildings or mm-hmm. certain scenario. And every time he puts them up, I'm just like. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I I like to express my feelings about things, but sometimes you can't be too truthful either because you don't want to, like, squash somebody yeah. while they're yeah. in their form. Just like kids. Mm-hmm. You cannot squash their spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to be supportive of everything they do. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, you can't lie. Right. Okay? You don't want to, like, support oh, someone. That's great. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, I I find myself actually being like a parent twenty four seven the way I talk to people all the time because mm-hmm. you have to understand that whatever comes out of your mouth is going to affect that person mm-hmm. and you can never take it back. Yeah, it's permanent, you know. And you'll find it out the more relationships you're in. You start to learn that tough lesson. Like whatever you say right now, you cannot retract. Mm-hmm. So if you do have some harsh to say. Put a little thought into it first before it comes out of your mouth. Because you can actually say some amazingly abrasive, hurtful things <laughs> that have to be said. But you can say it in such a way where it can be received well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's an art to that. And it takes practice. Yeah. But if you can master that art earlier in life than later, I think you can really do some great things with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something I could work on. That's, <laughs> it's that's a never-ending process, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, like with me, I'm in such a multicultural environment a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With you know, having my Asian side of the family, mm-hmm. being around you know, African American a lot, and people from India, you know, you have to be just be just mindful. Me. <laughs> <laughs> just be mindful, you know. Yeah. Because we're all brought up with a certain belief system. And you have to respect that, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't. That's why this, this whole religion thing is driving me insane. It's, the U.S. has a hard road ahead of it with uh, all the the melding of religions. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's what makes, as I said, the U.S. so great, but it's also complications. Yeah, yeah. it's not easy. It's, there's more. The everything. There's just more to worry about. Yeah, yeah. you were you were talking about. Uh, uh, about kids and not, um, you know, what were you saying? You, you don't want to like 
squash, squash, them. squash them and stuff. Yeah, you don't want yeah. you don't want to trample on their, their spirit. Yeah. Because there's greatness in kids, we all know mm-hmm. it. Speaking of uh Megan, uh, <laughs> how was how was the whole uh Chicago Open experience for you? It was good. It was tiring at the end of the day and how my dad said earlier how we would get like a good dinner after, like on the first day of Chicago Open, we had a ribeye steak mm. each nice. of us. And then on the second day, we went to Red Lobster and had seafood, which is really good. Well-earned dinners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just asked Megan to shoot podium pictures with a camera on a tripod. Mm-hmm. It was a very simple task that I thought she might enjoy doing. And I go off and shoot some matches, and I come back, and she's at the table <laughs> running everything. I mean, obviously, it was, it was with the assistance of the two girls, but she was at the, at the computer screen. And she's talking to competitors, taking IDs, checking them in, telling them wow. where to go. Mm-hmm. She's and like running the show. I was calling on the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> it was just I awesome. heard her voice all day. I was like, and I that's hear this awesome. <laughs> adorable little, yeah. little voice. On the, I'm like, and I'm shooting, I'm on the mat going, oh my God, is that Megan? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and then everyone around me is going, oh, this is so yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> that's it was awesome. definitely awesome. Yeah. He was saying that uh, you had like, no fear, you did it like it was your uh, your job, like like you've done it for years or something. Yeah, and, and someone like me who's been, I've always feared public speaking. Yeah, well, it's um, a good trait to have. It is. It it's is. Just, if you're giving it to by God, right? Wow, because some of us guys have to go through the school Lord of hard knocks yeah. oh yeah. or, or train. To it, like go to public speaking scary, classes, yeah. and then it's still hard. You yeah. get up in front of people. Now, when I had my internet company, that's what broke me out of that because I had to. Mm-hmm. That was like the first time I where I had to do this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I was gonna fail and lose everything. Yeah. That's what made me do it. Mm-hmm. And that somehow I got through it, mm-hmm. and in, in time I got better. Mm-hmm. But this girl here, since she's been <laughs> yeah, I thought she'd been doing old, it for like years. Walks up to people and just strikes up. This girl, we'll go to a restaurant. And we'll be eating a nice dinner, and uh, in those restaurants that have the bar stool seating, she'll see an elderly man up there by himself eating. She would actually get out of seat and sit up next to him and start oh my gosh. and talking about some really deep stuff uh, at a very young age. And I'm like, I'm what, what, what are you talking about? Like the retirement plan or what? Yeah, IRAs <laughs> or what's going on? It's just the thing is, she spent a lot of time with my father. Okay. My my mom passed away shortly mm-hmm. after, um, you know. She was yeah, I got to be with her for about three years, and then she passed away. Yeah, so my dad was a lost soul when that happened, and and, and Megan was there the whole time. So they those two, they just had this connection, man, like I've never seen between mm-hmm. grandfather and, and granddaughter. It was amazing. That's awesome. So. It it was it's a beautiful thing. So I think, but when you hang around with someone like my dad and you go to these like these midday lunches with the old, old crew, <laughs> oh my gosh, they, they talk about their war stories and coming from oh, Germany and because my yeah. dad has a lot of friends that are from all over. She would go to these lunches <laughs> a lot, and so all she gets to hear about is you know, oh my my pacemaker is not working, yeah. oh, my blood pressure and all oh, my canes not every working every single Wednesday. <laughs> so she's very well versed in getting old, like topics of uh-huh. getting old. Uh-huh. Uh, valuing life mm. and, and end of life. <laughs> so can you crazy. tell us like an example of how one of your approaches to one of these people are like, you're like, hey, how's your pacemaker today? Or, <laughs> is, that, 
Is that how you open up? Well, usually I let them talk first, and okay. then I kind of, like, get in on it, and then, like, we're all talking then, uh-huh. and it's kind of, like, normal then. She's just dynamic, you know? She I'm a people. I can any... tell, yeah. yeah. There's not, like, jujitsu. There's no given game plan. You just kind of just yeah. go with yeah. the flow, and she's just really good at holding conversations, and but not talking like a child. Mm-hmm. She talks like a, a little uh, young Adult, yeah, I, I can tiny adult. See that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, by, so by the time we get up and, and, and check on her at the, the bar and talk, mm-hmm. to these, they're like, "Is she bothering?" And they're like, "Oh no!" They're like, "What an amazing little girl you have!" You know, it's like, "What a little gift!" Yeah. So, so why don't we just let her be and we mm-hmm. let her <laughs> talk to whoever she wants? And, That's and awesome. we'll, we keep an eye on her from afar, but um, I think it's really helped her development. And, yeah. So we let your dad steal the show from you today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have the Megan podcast. Yeah, seriously, we need both of you back on. You guys are amazing guests. Oh, no. Slime and other arts and guests. Yeah. By the way, she does have a slime business, too. Really? Yes. Oh, tell us more about that. <gasps> um, it's every third Saturday of the month for the farmer's market. And so, no. 45% of the proceeds goes to Children's Hospital and my school building oh, fund. Awesome. That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah, she, uh, yeah. And uh, it's funny, at Farmer's Market, have you ever been to Farmer's Market oh, before? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. It's an amazing array of arts and crafts and fresh food and produce. And and they just come on an early Saturday morning and set up at like 5, 6 in the morning. It's a lot of work for these people. Okay. And, you know... A lot of them, their booth, not much will happen during the day because they're selling things that are just, they're hoping will sell good. And then Megan, oh. Megan plops down her goofy little slime. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> flocks to this place. That's awesome. Yeah. And she's then, just so, okay. she's such a people person and mm-hmm. her face just says, come over here. Yeah. <laughs> so she's awesome. making this gooey slime. And Yeah, I do, Um, oh, what you call it? Like, I make it in front of them so they can kind of see how you the do it. The process of making yes. slime, yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. And then I tell them, like, how, like, the ingredients are safe as long as you do these things. Like, wash your hands after. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't put your fingers in your mouth because uh-huh. that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. yeah so, just, is it, like, like, the Nickelodeon type of slime? No, that's the kind of slime where you touch it and it's, like, all stuck to your they hands. Call it gag. Yeah, but How this do I is know that? like a slime where you can like poke it, play with it, like oh, okay. pop bubbles, and it's like touchable. Oh, okay. So like you can just like stretch it and it won't stick to your hands as oh, cool. long as you make it right. It's, it's basically the new fidget spinner. Okay? Yeah, Look kind at of. it that way. Slime is it's something you play with and it takes your mind off stuff. It's yeah. interesting. Now, now, most parents in their households slime <laughs> because like, their, their kids make it all the time it's and yes it can be mess. so messy the room can turn into a swamp oh, or something my yeah. room was like but um so uh, most of our customers oddly enough were people of the older generation mm-hmm. oh they're like oh my grandkids, grandkids love ah. slime <laughs> so we and of course the older generation is who has all the money right. so, yeah, so they true. were not adverse to dropping money and, uh-huh. and since it's a fundraising type thing they, they were like alright oh, by all means so we right. walked away with I mean, we were there for just 30 minutes, and we had this fan of money, and I had to take a picture of it and put it on Facebook. Right. Like, man, oh, yeah, did you ever first, see it? I, I think I, it was I my probably, first. I saw something about that. Yeah, 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 I that saw it. That was our first day at the awesome. market. We That's crazy. It, man. Yeah. I need to come by there. We got a picture days. of my first $2, and 
It was this um, grandmother. She was buying a slime for her grandchildren. Okay. And she got um, a two-ounce slime. Oh, no, not two-ounce, a four-ounce slime mm-hmm. for her grandchild who was about to turn six. Okay. And um, she came back at the next one, and she said her grandkid loved it. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so we're, we're trying to, like say, so I'm an entrepreneur. My wife is an entrepreneur, so we're trying to make our kids into entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Nice. Looks like you're doing Looks a good like, job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the kids were always like so excited to see me make it. So I thought for the next farmer's market, which I actually did already, mm-hmm. um, to have a DIY table. So I bring all my supplies Whoa. and have these little small bowls and parents pay $2 for their kids to make slime like right there. That sounds like an amazing yeah, idea. A, it's a great business. I, yeah, I just put the blue in so they wouldn't Charity put like too. a whole bowl uh-huh, of blue. Uh-huh. And then they could put as much glitter as they want. Like, and then they can put like coloring, little decor, mm-hmm. just fun okay. stuff that they cool. like. Because sometimes the slimes that I make, like if there's a boy and I have like a 10 like girl slimes, they won't want it. Right. Okay. But like in this way, they can customize it to the way that they like it. Oh, that's, definitely that's cool. have a business mind. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have a name for your slime business? Megan Slime. Perfect. Slime Emporium. <laughs> or Slime Emporium One Hundred One. All right, real quick before we wrap up, uh, where can uh, our listeners find you, Mike? Uh, two places, or maybe even three. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a Smug Mug account where I put all my pictures. <laughs> And it's at MikeAndersonBJJ.com, okay. which needs some terrible updating at the moment. But okay. that's where a lot of my pictures reside. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, just look up uh, Mike Anderson. Um, and then I do have um, uh, my Jiu-Jitsu photography page. So Mike Anderson, Jiu-Jitsu photographer, is okay. the name of that Facebook page, Yeah. Uh, which also needs to be updated. All right. <laughs> and Instagram, which Instagram. is Mike underscore Anderson underscore bjj all right guys remember that instagram he doesn't have the following that he deserves so we gotta we gotta get him on instagram so let's let's up that following for him um and megan slime uh are you advertising megan slime yet i have an instagram account for it too oh Uh, do you yeah i have two accounts for instagram one of them is um it's underscore slime underscore time and then for my main account, it's Megan underscore jujitsu. Mike, Megan, is there anything you want to say to uh, to any potential listeners? Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to express my gratitude to the uh, Brazilians for bringing jujitsu to our country. It's an amazing art. And um, I'm so happy that Americans are, are embracing it the way they are. And as far as my photography is concerned, um, thank you everyone who's been following me and supporting my my journey. Um, I absolutely love what I do, and I hope to continue to do it for many years to come. So thank you for everything. Megan, anything you want to add to that? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. It's It was great to have you. Uh, they came from Wisconsin all the way down here in Illinois to, uh, to do this podcast. It wasn't for the Chicago Open. They came just for the Oh So Crazy <laughs> podcast. All right. That's it for episode three. And that's a wrap.